Welcome back to the Hyde Ratner Level Up Leadership Podcast. I'm super excited for the pod today because we have one of my favorite preachers, communicators, church planters in the West Come Coast. On. Come on. Pastor Mark Lee from Vantage Point Church. He is an incredible leader, pastor, husband, father. I'm going all, I'm doing all, runner, uh, strategist. Oh, stop. Oh, stop. I'm grateful. No, Thank I love you. this. Thank you so much for having me on here. Yeah. Can I tell you, every? I, I told, I, I've told you this before, but ever since we first met, mm. like I have just had a tremendous amount of respect and admiration for you. Wow. And so just the fact that we've gotten to know each other a little bit recently, I mean, it's filled my tank too. Yeah. So, wow. I mean, kind I have of loved what God has started between the two of us. Yes. And I think the first time I heard you preach, you had... A quick moment within the sermon where there was a boys to men song or, or whoever it was and i was like that's my guy right no there. sermon is complete without a boys to men moment I'm, I'm thinking especially hey. in the tribe that we run in hey so good hey <laughs> i want to preach a message that i'm telling boys to men come on we're growing up that's so good flashlights were out it, it was, was great good. it was it was strong and hey we're in this season where we're talking about grow in this word grow going from one place to the next. We're leveling up on this podcast. That's what it's about. It's about leveling up in your leadership uh, one step at a time. And so uh, just really quick, if you're watching this on YouTube, consider hitting the subscribe button so you can get notified whenever we push out some live content. Or if you're listening to this, wherever you stream your podcast, maybe consider hitting a review or dropping some stars on it. Uh, it all helps. And we love to hear about how God's using the podcast. Um, so I want to just jump in. It's a question that we ask anybody who we have on here. Talk to us about how you personally are leveling up in your leadership in this season. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I I, I think whenever you have any organization, anything that's reached a breakthrough moment, because that's ultimately what you're asking. Sure. You're not asking for growth for growth's sake necessarily, but you're asking growth in terms of like, how does my organization become better? How does my family become better? Right. How does my church become better? What is the path to that? And the question that you're asking is how do you level up? Because the bottleneck uh, is always at the top, right? So good. So if I can just increase the top of the the, the mouth of the bottle, well, well then more water can just end up pouring in. Mm. Uh, one thing that I'd like to say is just that I, I think breakthrough is a combination of the man and the moment coming together. Wow. And I think for the longest time, one of the things that I've definitely worked on is myself. However, uh, I would say the, the very thing 15 years into church planting that I've started to work on is how do I create not only the man that want, uh, God wants me to be, but how do I create the moment in the city and the moment in my church that God wants to happen? Because yeah. that way Good. I can walk into fertile ground instead of me coming into a soil where I may be the strongest person in the world, but I also have the most difficult tree to chop down in front of me. Right. And so the way that I've created, not just, uh, I, I guess what I'm gonna answer is how do I create not just the man, but the moment. And so the way that we've been answering that question at Vantage Point is by fasting. Wow. So deep. I, I think there is, I, I, th I think Jensen Franklin says this, that there is no other discipline that opens up the gates of heaven and shuts, close the gates of hell more than fasting does. Wow. 
And I think for us, fasting is such an incredibly difficult discipline. It is. But I don't think there's any coincidence between the amount of times and what has happened when our church and our staff has fasted and what's happened before that. A couple years ago, our, our staff fasted from sunup to sundown for a couple weeks. And then uh, we baptized more people than we ever had in the history of our church. Really? So in the matter of two weekends, this is for us, uh, circa 150 people got baptized. Wow. Never seen that in my entire life. Get out. And I think part of that is because I have grown as a leader. But I think also part of that is because I swung the same axe. I was, I was, I had the same plow, but I was just tilling more fertile soil. Yep. This this year, our uh, staff for the first time ever did a 72 hour fast, and so that's challenging for some. That's not challenging for others. But this Who year, who are the others? Not just playing. <laughs> Jeez. But our church has has. Uh, grown more numerically than any other time. And even just recently, uh, what we then did is we we challenged the entire church to fast, and we had a couple revival nights. And I mean, the Holy Spirit just fell. Wow. And so this is a, this so is a quote. This is mm -hmm. a quote that I read to my church as we began to fast. And it says this, every revival in history seems to be re the result of not just great leaders, yep. right? Not yep. just not just political policies, but a few people becoming so hungry for God that they wanted him more than they wanted oxygen. Those who have such hunger will not be denied. It is time to seek a revival that becomes the most famous address in the world. It's time to seek a move of God that won't quit moving. Wow. And so mm. it says, hey, that we need to be a few people that are hungry for God, hungrier for God than we are for oxygen. And that sounds so good right. until you've gone about a minute and a half without oxygen. Facts. Right? Until yeah. you've gone gone 72 hours without food. 100%. All of a sudden, you begin to realize what, what your earthly attachments are and how strong your heavenly attachments really are. So, so good. So that, that that's a way that we've really been leveling up our church spiritually, yeah. and we've really seen the dividends of that recently. Wow. Hey, one of the ways to level up your leadership, one of the ways to grow is through the spiritual discipline of fasting. Yeah. Wow. We worship food right now. Mm. We will watch TV about food. So true. We won't even be eating. Yeah. That's how dysfunctional we are. Yeah. Yeah, we we might have to turn this podcast into like a top like a discussion about food and what types of food and oh because I love food. Yeah. I love food. Every vacation for me just revolves around food. Yeah, getting the the right food, getting good food. Do you like I know that you're Korean. Uh -huh. uh, do you like Korean food? Oh, I love Korean food. Sweet. But with that being said, I don't know if we're taking away, like no, going way into right field. Uh, I've realized that I like uh, tamer, more Americanized Korean food Got because it. we went to Korea this past summer and they killed a live octopus in a boiling Whoa. pot right in front of me and the kids. And we were like, I don't know if I like this Korean food. <laughs> I mean, it was like. I don't know if I could get down. <laughs> People need to go back and watch this podcast that they're listening just to see that octopus move right there. <laughs> that is wild. So you and Andrea planted Vantage Point Church how long ago? 15 years ago. Fif so 16 15, years ago, 15, somewhere 16 there. years ago. Yeah. Uh, right there kind of in SoCal in the Inland Empire area. In the Inland Empire. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, Southern California is very Hollywood. 
Yeah. Uh, the Inland Empire is not. The Inland Empire is just very down to earth, a lot of cops, firefighters, first responders, teachers. Mm -hmm. I always say this, that they shoot movies in Hollywood, that they shoot TV shows in Orange County, but in the Inland Empire, the only thing they shoot are people. <laughs> oh my God! pretty yeah. much. I, I felt like that was where that was going. Um, and and the, the, the real one's called the IE, yeah, the Inland right. Empire. That's right. Um, no, that's, that's, that's dope. Um, so you guys planted Vantage Point. What are some significant leadership lessons the Lord has taught you along the journey of your church plant over the last 15 years? What are some markers? We know about fasting, but what are some of the leadership components that have been a part of your guys' journey? Yeah. Um, wow, that's such a great question. I think the leadership components for me have been that every church planter has the same manual, which mm -hmm. is the Bible. Right. We have the same Holy Spirit. We have the same God. And oftentimes I've wondered, uh, why don't we get the same results? Mm, wow. You know, and, and so I, I do understand that God has a different plan for each person. And I do think God has uh, a plan for each city and that different people are on different parts of the, uh, the growth cycle. So I understand all of those things, but still at the same time, I kind of wonder if there are some people who just uh, leverage wisdom more than others. Yeah. And so I think one of the biggest leadership lessons for me has just been, how do I surround myself with people who have been there and who have done that, people who understand the hurdles that are not just right in front of me, but I think leaders, uh, good leaders, are leaders who don't just address problems, but they anticipate problems. So right. what does Gr Wayne Gretzky say? He says that good hockey players, uh, uh, they, they, they skate to the puck. I skate to where the puck is going. Ooh. Because he's constantly anticipating where the game is moving. So good. And even, I, I feel like the Holy Spirit from generation to generation is constantly doing a different thing. Just because if the Holy Spirit always did the same thing, well then I could systematize the Holy Spirit. I could do what it is that, that, that the Holy Spirit was gonna do. And then all of a sudden I could systematize the Holy Spirit right out of it. Wow. And I wouldn't need him anymore. That is But the Holy wild. Spirit is constantly doing a different thing. And what helps keep me in touch with where the puck is moving, where the, even the Holy Spirit is going, is making sure that I'm in touch with uh, a whole bunch of mentor figures who um, who who know the Holy Spirit better than I do, mm. and in particular, who know uh, this is who know systems and scale better better than I do. Yeah. Because what we find is that sometimes it's sometimes there is a spiritual problem that has led to the plateau or led to me not being as effective as I can be, right. which is part of the reason why we do need a spiritual solution like fasting. And yeah. I believe that we should go to spiritual solutions before yeah. we go to pragmatic solutions. Right. But after we've gone to spiritual solutions, I think the necessary part that that also needs to be played, just like the left hand and the right hand, is that we've got to ask ourselves, 
is there a, a, a practical answer to the problem that I have before me? Mm -hmm. Because there are a lot of people who just don't know how to scale their organizations. And so the plateau then becomes the organization or the plateau becomes right. the leader itself. And yeah. so I've just constantly wanted to surround myself with guys like Pastor Vance, with guys like Steve Stroop out in Texas, sure. with guys like Gene Apple out in Southern yeah. California. Great. And, and the kingdom is so collaborative right now. Right. That 10, 20 years ago, you couldn't get an appointment with these guys. Mm. Almost anybody can get an appointment with these guys right now. So as long good. as you're humble and teachable right. and you're honoring and respectful of their time, you can get 30 minutes with almost anybody. Yeah. Hey, you know, I think you just hit on some ingredients out of what I would think is a level up leader. As long as you're humble mm. and honoring yeah. and respectful, those three ingredients humble honoring respectful i think hey if you grow you know if you grow in those three areas this year it's going to open more doors for you you're going to grow and level up as a leader I, I i hear you saying that yeah church planners talk way too much about themselves yeah so what they have a tendency to do is they it's have good. a tendency to ask for some time from a pastor or a mentor they exceed that time limit and they just they just talk about themselves right. the whole time right yeah when what they should be doing is this is what I'll do. I'll just, this is a key to getting any time with any mentor. I'll just say, hey, would you just give me a 30 minute phone phone call, mm -hmm. a coaching session? Yeah. I'll pre-submit my questions beforehand. Wow. I'll stick to this script. I'll just yep. say, hey, chit chat for a little bit. I'll ask them the questions right away. We'll dive right into things and yeah. right at 30 minutes, I'll say, hey, man, I just wanna honor your time. Here's the key, you ready for it? Give it to me. I always send his wife a gift card and a thank you note. Wow. Saying, you know, uh, you understand the trials and the travails of ministry. Your husband has just been such a blessing to me. Strong. And so I just wanted to say thank you for everything that you do. Yeah. I love that right there. Uh, one of our values at Walk Church is in intentional honor. So not mm. honoring by accident. It doesn't just happen. I hear you saying, I'm going to be intentional yep. to send this card, to send this gift card, to write a note, not just to the leader, but to the leader's wife yeah. in this case. Yep. That's so intentional and I mean, that right there, that's huge, yeah. right? That goes so far, that speaks. Um, you know, one thing that I hear you share, Pastor Mark, we, you, one, I hear you talk about staff values yeah, and just how that's been important in the growth and the leadership, the success in some ways of your guys' church. Um, one that I, I wrote down that I feel like I want us to lean into a little bit is contagious enthusiasm. Come on. I heard you talk about that recently. I was like, what is contagious enthusiasm? And how do you get it? And what does that look like? And I was like, I want some of that. Talk, talk about yeah, it. Yeah, both of those words that we use as our staff value are so incredibly intentional. Number one is contagious because enthusiasm is the ultimate virus. It can be caught more than anything else. Like, so for example, if you come into the office and everybody's grumpy and everybody's got a bad attitude, it's just contagious. Mm -hmm. It goes from one person to the next. Whereas if somebody walks into the office and they're positive and they're like, God has blessed me today. And this ain't a get, this ain't a got to, this is a get to. A get to. All of a sudden th that begins to change your mindset. So one of the things that we want to talk to the staff about is, man, you have the opportunity to be a game changer for everybody on staff. 100%. 
And what that means is that means you not necessarily just cooperating with the feelings and the emotions that you have at the moment, but you understanding the responsibility and the stewardship that you right. have with the position yeah. um, that you hold on staff. And enthusiasm, enthusiasm, uh, and theos, mm. right? Wow, which is where the root, where the word enthusiasm comes from, and yeah. theos means to be in God. I had never heard that before. So, so for good. the Greek word enthusiasm means that if you are in God, yeah, then what will happen is that you will be enthusiastic about True. life. hundred. You will be in. You'll properly frame. Um, you'll not only be grateful for some of the drawbacks and some of the challenges, but mm -hmm. you'll be able to properly frame them as well. And so if you can frame even the challenges, right? Oh, we have to set up this Sunday. We have to, then all of a sudden, um, uh, your relationship in God is naturally going to produce that. And right. here's what I think at the end of the day, um, there are a lot of people who come to me going, oh, man, Mark, you are just so naturally enthusiastic. I wish I were more like you. Yeah. And this is what I would tell them, that enthusiasm, that it's not a naturally born personality, mm. that it's something, that it's a muscle that you have to work at. You got to work at it. You got to work at it because it takes work to do what Paul says, hey, whatever is true whatever is right, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever right. is lovely, whatever is admirable. He doesn't say, hey, if you're just naturally like that, then yeah. go ahead and focus on that. Wow. But if you're not naturally like that, yeah. go ahead and focus on all the negative. You just be no. you, bro. Like yeah. he doesn't say that. He says, whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever whatever is noble. I want you to Excellent. focus on those things. And yeah. so it, it, there's so this energy, there's this effort, there's this intentionality. It's a practice mm -hmm. that you have to build into your life. Nobody is naturally positive, wow. but we can become positive as we work that muscle. Yeah, that's great. I love that right there. Contagious enthusiasm. And sometimes you'll couple that phrase with this. What is it? The the 100 watt? 100 watt light bulb. 100 watt light bulb. Yeah. What's that? What, what is a 100 watt light bulb? Yeah. So especially for us as we're beginning to hire. Yeah. This becomes key. When you're thinking about hiring staff, this yeah. is key. Because um, we have five values on staff. So it's continual improvement, it's relentless effort, it's contagious enthusiasm, it's uh, developing game changers, and it's unoffendable humility. Ooh. Unoffendable humility. We are not thin-skinned. So good. Is the line that we have underneath it. We are not thin-skinned. Feedback is a ladder and it is not a hammer. So, but here, here, so here's what we do. We, we grade people on all five of those uh, things coming into it because we want to know something about is this, is this person naturally like us? Right. Because this is the way that they have to most emulate us. And so we, we, we put a grade to it and it's just so important for us to be able to, um, where this started for us is we went, um, we're really bad at hiring. We've had to either people have quit or we've hired some really bad people. So how right. do we do this differently? So we went, okay, who's the model staff member? Yeah. Who's the person that we all love? 
And why don't we go ahead and put to words why it is that we love that person so much. Yeah. And those are the five values that we came up with. Contagious enthusiasm was just a key part of that too, because for us, your attitude and your positivity is just a big part of our church and our staff as well. So good. And that, and that, and that's somebody who has that hundred watt. Oh yeah, yeah. And hundred watt light bulb is, you know, moths just naturally want to uh, fly around a hundred watt light bulb. Right. Mm. And they don't want to fly around a fifty watt dim light bulb. And so much of ministry is about. Um, at, at our church, we don't call it recruiting volunteers. We call it discovering volunteers. It's good. Um, and, and we think that framing is really important because we think recruiting is all about you doing us a service. Discovering is about, man, we want we want to discover you and we want you to discover right. your own spiritual gifts and for you to be able to walk into that. But at the same time, yeah, attracting. For, 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 mm. you got to attract them. You got to build them. People have to want to spend time with you. Yeah. And so if, if, if that person, just, if we don't just describe that person, if in the first moments we don't say, man, that person is just a hundred watt light bulb we know that we're probably settling in some ways because every person when they're hiring they always think to themselves like man they're good enough yeah yeah but one of the things that we've learned in our uh, we've we've codified this too in a hiring manifesto it's a sheet that everybody has to go down and go yep 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 nope nope is are we just okay with this person or Mm. does this person just pop off of the page do we see them only in their present position or do we see them growing with the organization such a good and i might so have that's to so important get a copy of that sheet the hiring manifesto has been key for hiring us. manifesto key. i i just want to say to the person leaning in right now uh at maybe ask yourself or even something that could even be better ask somebody that's close to you what's my watts you know am yeah. i like a hundred watt or am I kind of dim? Like, am I like a 50 watt? Am I like a 70 watt? Do certain things contribute to that? Um, I think that, you know, the higher the watt, the more attractive you are yeah. Um, yeah. to people. Yeah. And that's something that leadership's all about is, uh, shout out to John Maxwell, right? Influencing people. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about the subject of running? Because yes. now I hope that people don't, log off right now or uh or this is what i've been waiting yeah for. okay cool <laughs> you know you you're a you you run you do marathons and half marathons and yep. like tough stuff and i'm inspired by it i've I'm done like, one 50 mile race you've done a 50 mile race yeah bro that's nasty <laughs> talk to us about running and leadership and just running in general too because i'm trying to get more into running yeah and it's not easy yeah it's hard it's hard. Yeah. Uh, I would say that running and leadership have just so, running and the Christian life mm. have so many crossovers. It's biblical, right? Right. That's They're, good. The, the two biggest analogies that Jesus probably uses for the Christian life are farming and sports which is part of the reason why we love our kids in sports too, because there's so many life lessons that come from it. But I would say probably the biggest life lesson that you get from running is how it is that you deal with pain. Because running, there's no skill that's involved. The skill is this, put one foot in front of the other and do it as fast as you can. It's not what you do with your kids. And I see them on Instagram, they're shooting free throws, like a thousand free throws every day. Like I don't, me and my kid, we don't have to do that. Uh, running is really nothing more than, hey, let's have a contest to see who can put their hand over an open flame the longest. Wow. 
But here's the analogy. That open flame is called ministry. Yeah. That open flame is called your marriage. Yeah. That open flame is called parenting and staying in the trenches with that two-year-old when you don't want to change them nasty old diapers because they're too big and they shouldn't be in diapers anymore. And it's pretty nasty at that point. True. Right? And so this is what... uh, uh, this is what people say about, this is how runners talk about pain. That pain isn't just a feeling, but that pain is a tool. Mm. And what pain does is it strips you down to the studs and it's going to show you who you truly are on the inside. Yeah, that's what pain does. Wow. That's what pain does. That's good. So that's what ministry does. Yeah. That's what life does. Yep. What it does is it, is that there is an amount of pain and it strips you down to the studs to show you who you really are on the inside. And probably the number one thing that I've gained from running that I've applied to ministry is this, that even when you think you're dying, you're not actually dying. Wow. So every pastor quits at some point, every husband quits at some point Mm -hmm. because they have reached a pain level that they have deemed intolerable. Got it. They've said, I'm dying. And if I do this any longer, I'm actually going to die. You've probably thought that at some point when you're playing basketball, doing wind sprints up and down the court, yeah. if I do another one of these things, I'm going to die. That's good. Let yeah. me ask you a question. Have you ever died from it? No. You haven't. Because David Goggins says this all the time, and it's actually kind of true. Yeah. That when you think you are at death, when you think you're at your limit, you've only reached into about 50% of your potential. Whoa. Okay, so now now I'm about to geek out on you for a second. Yeah, go ahead that and is that is kind of true and I can even substantiate that to a certain extent because if you and I I do this exercise with pastors all the time in a little endurance talk that I give. If you and I were to hold our breath, we would be lucky, we would be hurting about 30 seconds. We'd probably give up at about a minute. But if you and I were like puffing out our chest and really wanted to beat each other, maybe we'd get to about a minute, minute and a half. At about a minute and a half, we're telling ourselves, I'm dying. I can't do this anymore. Well, your body won't let you die. It has an automatic physical switch that it will flip when it comes to holding your breath before Mm. you ever get to dying. Do you know what that's called? What's that? It's called passing out. Your body won't let you hold your breath until you die because you'll pass out. Mm. And you usually pass out at about minute three, which is halfway to where it is that you actually went. You don't sustain brain damage. This is crazy, but you don't sustain brain damage until like minute five or six. And you don't actually die until minute 10 to 15. Wow. The world record for holding your breath is like 20 minutes. Really? Yeah. Now that person did hyperventilate oxygen before they went and held their breath, but still it was like 20, 22 minutes still or something wild. like yeah. that. So I know that that can be worked on. So, so it yeah. applies to ministry and it applies to leadership. That Think about good. that minute and a half versus the three minutes that you pass out, yeah. the five minutes that you sustain damage and the 10 minutes that you're gonna die. You're nowhere close. Right. So even in my own ministry, so I try mm. and think to myself, you think you're dying, mm. but you, but, but, but ministry and life is this, man, I have so much potential. True. Like how do I, when, when Jesus calls me back home, 
how do I max out that? How did I not, how did I not bury that, literally that talent in a field? Yeah. And how did I maximize every bit of what Jesus gave me before I end up going home? But it entails you and me suffering, Mm -hmm. you and me walking into what runners call the pain cave. The pain cave. The pain cave, being able to stare eyeball and eyeball to eyeball with pain and go, um, my mind is telling me that I'm dying, but my heart and my faith still tell me that I can keep going. It's good. Yeah. That's that, what running is. That, that, yeah. That was like a little like masterclass on running and leadership <laughs> combined. So good. Hey, Pastor Mark, I want to, as we close this, would love for you to just take a moment and speak to somebody, somebody that's listening to this right now, somebody that's watching this on YouTube right now, or however the space they're watching it. And you used a phrase just a few minutes ago that I thought was interesting. When when somebody is plateaued mm. in their leadership or pla- plateaued in their growth, maybe they feel like that they've hit a ceiling of some sort. Um, speak to the person who who you who feels like they've plateaued. What would you encourage them to do? Uh, to break through that plateau and to continue to grow and level up as a leader. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you gave me this question beforehand, and it was hard for me to personalize this. Sure. And so I wanted to give a word to you, mm. if that was okay. Give it to me. Take yeah. it. I'll, I'll, I'll receive it right now. Um, during the pandemic, uh, every pastor, we have dreamed um, mm. in those dark moments about our resignation. Yeah. But it was during the pandemic that I not only fantasized about it, but I actually wrote my resignation. I wow. never submitted it, yeah. but I wrote it. Wrote it. And part That's of it big. part of it was because the pandemic had come to a head. We were just coming up on the the finishing of construction. We, you know, finances were just not in a good place. I was not in a good place. There was pretty much nobody that was in a good place during that time. Sure. And that was when I went to a pastor, um, Rusty George. Yep. Out in California. And I said, Man, like, I, I don't I don't know I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. Um, and he said to me what I'm about to say to you. And that is, I know that's difficult for you to see this right now, but there's another side to all of this. Mm. That you're gonna be able to get past this building, that you're gonna be able to get to the end of construction. Right. And that you're going to be able to experience something about your grand opening in those subsequent years that you've always dreamed of. Like it, it was the very reason. What you struggle with in the years leading up to cutting the tape is like, why am I doing this again? Mm. You experience this intense spiritual battle over those couple years. Finances is, is going to be tight. Tight. You're going to be accused of all sorts of things like, man, we're more like the early church right now. What do you want to do? Become like, right. do you want to become like one of those big churches, right. mega churches? You're going to be accused of all sorts of things. And not just from the person that you don't know very well, but from the inner circle. Yep. And so, um, mm. so those are the moments during that time where you're like, I must have been crazy for going into this. But then all the payoff comes after the building is built. And every dream that you had when you first came into ministry, not not just about a lot of people in seats, but about lives being changed, 
about for me, you know, those 150 people, you know, I, I'd never, part of the reason why I planted a church is just because I, honestly, if I'm to be completely honest, I, I don't think I'd ever seen anybody come to Christ in my life. Mm. Wow. I was a part of very small Korean yeah. familial churches. Sure. And so I planted a church because I was like, wow, you mean like people are actually coming to Christ? Yeah. Like, like the greatest move of God gets to be something that I get to participate in and not just something that I read about online. That's good. And so yeah. when 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 I would see, you know, a, a, literally a line of people coming up to the baptism with people just bawling their eyes out, coming to the baptismal because they never knew that there was a God who loved and forgave all the junk that they had in their life. Like Good. that is the payoff. That's the payoff. And so what I want to tell Love you that. is like you may or may not, you may be experiencing a slice of that spiritual battle that's mm -hmm. going to get more and more intense yeah. as you get to the finish line. But I just want to tell you that in your deepest and darkest moments, Man, you got to persevere. So good. Because not that God needs us, but let me tell you, just the, the body of Christ, we, we just need more guys like you. Mm. Praise God. Appreciate that. I receive it. I'm yeah. opening my hands. Yeah. I needed that word. Thank you for taking that leadership invitation lesson right there and directing it toward me. Hopefully yeah. somebody else is going to eat off of it too. Yeah. But I know if, at minimum, it's for me. Um, praise God for uh, pressing on through the pain, yeah. enduring. Uh, don't quit before you get to the to the tape cutting. There's more to go. Yeah, so good, man. Yeah. Well, I'm grateful for this session. Um, so much that I leaned into, I learned from, and I feel like I leveled up as a leader. I hope that uh, you did as well. Wherever you're watching this or listening to this, um, maybe consider sharing this session with somebody. Uh, drop a text to somebody with this link because it could help somebody level up in their leadership and learn more about running and 100 watt enthusiastic contagious leadership come on this has been a yeah, great I session i love it and love you pastor mark thanks for, thanks having, for having me, me on up. man this was great so good i loved it peace